Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Uh, support from Man on the Post is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Uh, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Uh, Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right? That's the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Uh, when you go to manscaped.com and insert the code MOTP. Right, Adam, I'm looking at my box of Manscaped uh, stuff that's come to me now. So I've got this trimmer just here. Yeah. It looks pretty nifty, uh, very sleek and long and black. Uh, and also uh, you get a ball toner and a ball deodorant and you get a Manscaped wash bag, uh, Manscaped t-shirt, and you get a sort of newspaper mat in which so you don't have to make a mess everywhere and get complained at by your uh, spouse for leaving things all over the floor. This looks pretty decent, doesn't it? Is that what the newspaper was for? I just... You thought it was for reading. The Sudoku. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, that is go to manscaped.com uh, and enter the code MOTP for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Hello again, welcome to this week's Man on the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I've got Adam. Hello. How are you? Tired, how are you? Uh, can't be tired, you haven't got children. Right, okay. I didn't realise you, didn't realize you, you had an exclusive sort of... <coughs> cabal on it, that meant that no one else is allowed to be tired. It's true, we do. You've never known tiredness like it, so... Uh, lucky me then. Lucky you. You must feel right as rain now. And I will continue to feel right as rain. What was <laughs> I complaining about? Exactly. Emma. Mm-hmm. Are you tired? No. I don't have children. There you go. That's the right answer. How are you? Wonderful. Good. Um, and then, is this your first one of the season? I think it is. It is. We've got Justin. How are you? I'm fine and not tired and no children. Got your right and corrected all three of those <laughs> this is the way your life should be uh right so um this week we're going to be talking uh we're going to sort of talk about ronald Koeman and the aftermath of that I'll let emma talk for a bit um we're going to talk about the carabao cup uh leagues around europe bits and bobs of news and then the premier league so we are going to start off with uh with ronald Koeman. he was sacked after a one nil loss to raya valcano on Wednesday night, uh, a Radamel Falcao winner, uh, and Memphis also did his bit by missing a penalty as well. Uh, this follows the Classico defeat at the weekend, which was a rather limp Classico defeat at the weekend. Uh, it was a, it was 2-1, but that really did belie the um, performance of, of Barcelona. Um, Koeman's record this season is 15 points uh, from 10 league games. They're ninth in the table. They lost three at their last four. Uh, and they've also lost their first two Champions League games, although they did win, did win their third. 
Uh, in a statement, um, the club said the president of the club informed him of the decision after the defeat versus Raya Vaikano. Uh, and Ronald Koeman, after the game, said the team has lost balance and effective players in recent years. Uh, other clubs have strengthened and we haven't. Um, apparently there's talk of the fact that uh, as there were other playing back from um, the game last night, Ronald Koeman was sat about three or four rows in front of the officials uh, making the decision. They had to whisper it to each other so he didn't hear. <laughs> I think he gets something like a 15 million euro payoff, doesn't he? Which is amazing that they can afford that. 12 million euros. 12 million euros. Mm-hmm. Stop exaggerating. <laughs> 12 million euros is quite a lot for doing a bad job though, isn't it? This is FC Barcelona. <laughs> so, where were you when you heard the news? Uh, <laughs> I was at home in my apartment, Chris. Uh, then and... I went to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> where there's sort of people jumping in the fountains and sort of driving up and down the roads, letting off uh, car horns and stuff. I am 100% certain I heard fireworks. I really? Did you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Um... So how do you feel? Relieved. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I'm glad it's over. Do you think he's glad it's over? Because he's been coming for some time, hasn't it? No, I think he genuinely thinks he did the best job that he could. Yeah? Yeah. Um, You were saying that the players look like they've fallen out with him. You've been saying that in recent weeks, haven't you? Mm, It's been like that for a few months, I reckon. Yeah? Yeah. Uh... So, in regards to mitigation for him, so they've lost Lionel Messi. No, <laughs> we have to do so. We've got to fill this time on the podcast somehow. Um, so, they've lost Lionel Messi. Uh, nobody has any money. All their signings this summer were free. And some of those signings haven't exactly worked out. I mean, Eric Garcia, uh, I think he was responsible. He wasn't free. He cost money. I'm sure he did. Oh, do you no, know? he was free. I'm sure he was oh, free. Oh, well, then they should send him back. He's not worth it. I was going to say. Also, it is also only October, Chris. <laughs> he's not had the greatest of starts he didn't do very well in the Classico at the weekend he was responsible for at least one goal um, and I think he oh, was I, I'm well aware that Guardiola knew he wasn't going to be good enough yeah mm-hmm. so you wouldn't it have... wasn't good enough for him at Manchester City so it wasn't going to be good enough for us no uh, any of those mitigating factors a, uh, a not a get out of jail for him but a, uh, a a way of looking on him a bit more nicely no no, he's not a victim uh, of the You said that he said after that it was his job that they needed more balance or something. Uh, yes, the team has lost balance. It's his job to provide that. Can he? It's pro- there in the squad. He just didn't know what to do with it. Can he provide it if he's hamstrung by who the club can sign? No, it was his idea. He went to the board to say, "I think we should sign Luke de Jong." Okay. So no, he doesn't have any redeeming qualities here. Losing Lionel Messi? No. He was going to retire at some point. So leaving is the same thing. He's not there anymore. Someone was going to have to deal with it. That is the club's fault for not preparing for the future. Yeah, that's the club's fault, but not his. No, it's not his fault. But he didn't do anything about the situation because I don't imagine that any words from him would have said, eh, would have, you know, made Messi dig his heels in more and want to stay. 
I think he's probably the reason. Last summer, he sent that fax saying, no, I just got to leave because this asshole. That was written on the fax, was it? Probably. <laughs> it's, what, it's what it would have been written on my fax. <laughs> uh, Justin and Adam, have you watched many Barcelona games this season? Uh, a handful. Yeah, and what do you make of how Barcelona plays, and in particular how they've used their younger players? Well, I mean, that's the bright spot. Um is Ansu Fati and, and some of the younger players that it was always going to be a painful transition as we've seen when other great club sides that, that last for a decade or more eventually sort of come back to the pack this one has certainly been more catastrophic and, and, and more chaotic because of the managerial situation and, and contract situations and the financial situation normally you see it just with players aging out the great AC Milan team of, of Aragosaki and uh, Ferbe, Fergie's great you know last great United team and, and various Madrid teams but but we've been distracted I think by the drama of all the off the pitch stuff so on the pitch it's interesting uh, you know as they try to bring young players through there are still of course some senior players there who probably would have aged out had there been a, a more logical replacement policy and plan for aging players, um, although it's it's amazing to watch Busquets still do what he does uh, and do it do it well, but um, it's it's hard to see. I guess what we would think, and, and and I say this, you know, as a as a third party, so Emma Emma can certainly correct me, but what, I think what the rest of the world thinks of as the Barcelona way, um, you know from Johan Cruyff on um, you don't necessarily see it even when you do see you know passing there's still uh, something that that doesn't look like what you think of Barcelona um, yeah so I don't I don't know what to make of them I think the bright spot is the fact that there are some talented young players I can't help watching football these days almost as a business major wondering how do you accommodate contracts that are expiring and aging players and uh, bringing through a new manager which is also I guess uh, hope uh, a bit of a silver silver lining or at least a, a hopeful um, sign for the future with the decision they've made so uh, but in terms of just the football um, maybe not as bad as you'd expect just from reading all the stories but by the same token not also what you have been you know what we what we were sort of blessed to see for the last fifteen years. Um, Emma, what do you? I mean, it looks like it's going to be um, Chavi coming in, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. What do you expect from him as a manager and a style of play? And is is he not hamstrung with the same problems that um, Kuman was? And Chavi being a far less experienced manager, is he uh, any more or less likely to be able to solve any of those? Well, I haven't seen his Al-Zad team play, but apparently they do try to play the, air quotes, Barcelona way. Um, which will go in his favor uh, here. The, the, the I don't know if Coleman is necessarily hamstrung by what's here, because I think at the core of it, there's actually a good squad of young players it's just someone putting them in the right places and coaching them in the right way and not telling them to just play 
crosses into the box for no apparent reason. Really hating those crosses. (laughs) (laughs) Not a fan, no. Not a fan. When you look at the players that are there at the moment in the Barcelona first team, um, can you see... A, can you see Xavi coming in and playing quote unquote the Barcelona players uh, the, sorry the Barcelona way with the players that are available to him at the minute yeah I think he can yeah uh, I think it's all there but he has no experience which is a worry but he knows the club he knows it inside and out it's what does that, that done sorry what does that mean knows the club what do you mean you say he knows the club what does that mean Oh, he knows what's expected of him. But wouldn't any manager knows... know what's expected well, of the Barcelona? They should. <laughs> they should. But as you have seen from recent appointments, I don't think they do. <laughs> and certain certain clubs have certain internal politics, right, that are unique to yes. them. And, and Barcelona is certainly, certainly one of those clubs. And he and Chris... understands that. Yeah, and I think that the... I think that the Xavi appointment is kind of an appointment that Barcelona need to get out of their system for good or bad. Mm-hmm. Like, it could go great, it could go terribly, but I just think it needs to happen, and if it didn't happen now, you would almost have sort of the spectre of Xavi just <clears throat> sh- like casting a shadow over wh- whomever the next appointment is. Yeah, well, what they should have done is when Laporta was made president again, he should have cleaned house then. But he didn't. They have this thing about continuity, and that continuity has been terrible since 2015. Now, I don't understand why these decisions weren't made sooner and something could have been done about it. And this is my whole big problem with it rather than just Coleman sure he was terrible he was in the wrong place he shouldn't have been appointed in the first place he had no business being there but it's a larger more systemic issue than just Coleman um Justin have you ever played in a team where um where a manager has come in that used to be one of the players um, and is that difficult for the manager to then sort of assert his authority um, because you know he used to be one of the guys and used to play with him and now he's you know now he's something else is that is that difficult for an incumbent manager it is I'll, get, I'll go you one better I played for a player manager oh okay uh, Ricky Hill it wasn't difficult for Ricky because everyone respected him so much and because even at 36, 37, which he would have been then, he still covered more ground than anyone else in midfield. He was a very um, good player, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. You know, he, he got capped by England and everything. So uh, he had that that respect. I, th- I think that, um, that, of course, is a challenge. But if you're cut out for it, you, you essentially just leave the past behind and you're just not anyone's friend in the same way you were when you were, were peers because you're not peers. Um, and this is the professional level and people's livelihoods and uh, you are the authority figure and you do control who's on the pitch and who's not and so uh, that transition can be made I always think it's better maybe to have some time away from the club you played I think if you look at Mikel Arteta it was very very good for him to get away from Arsenal for a few years uh, before going back there and now I, I don't know that there's anybody in that squad that he actually played with at this point 
Uh, but even if there was when he first went back, being away from it for a few years, the, the players are professionals too, and they'll adapt to that pretty quickly. So I don't, I don't think that will be an issue for Xavi. You don't think the fact that he's got a uh, he's got aging Busquets and PK and Jordi Alba, who bit by bit he's going to have to phase out. Um, they might not obviously take too kindly to being phased out, and the fact he used to play with them might that make any difference at all? Sure, they've got to be make... realists, though, right? Yeah, that that, that I, th- I think they are. I think they will probably be allowed at this point. It looks like they will be allowed to sort of do that on their own own terms to some degree. And I also think it may come from higher up than the manager. So I think he'll get through that. Uh, it, that will be potentially awkward, but I, th- I think he'll manage to get through that. And you said something earlier, Chris, about does he have the players to play in what we're calling the Barcelona way? I don't think that's the challenge. It, it, can he do it? Because playing that way, the demand is on the manager. It isn't difficult for players of that standard to play 10 to 15-yard passes and move into good support shape. It's incredibly rigorous for a manager to have the discipline to train that over and over and over. It's, it's mind-numbing in its repetition. Players don't necessarily enjoy it. It's quite rigid. You know, Pep has rules about how many players are allowed to be in a certain zone based on the position of the ball and the position of opponents. It's, it's really hard work for the manager. That's why you don't see that, that many teams stick with it. Um, Brendan Rodgers did it for a little while, and he's become a counterattacking manager. And obviously, he's got players best suited for that now, so it was credit to him that he did that. But point being for me is that if you expect we expect Barcelona to continue to play or to go back to playing it effectively as they once did, that will be on the manager, and that's a lot of hard work. Okay. Um, I look forward to see what he has to do to get out of his his contract. I imagine he's going to be on the on the sideline to Barcelona wearing a sandwich board for the Qatar World Cup. <laughs> uh, okay, anyone got anything else uh, they want to mention about um, Barcelona before we move on? That'll be a no then. Uh, okay, so uh, that was probably the main news of this week in regards to big clubs. Um, we had the Carabao Cup on Tuesday where there were wins for uh, Arsenal. They beat Leeds 2-0. Chelsea beat Southampton 4-3 on penalties. Uh, and Sunderland beat QPR on penalties as well. Um, a rather nice Eddie Nketi goal for Arsenal in that 2-0 when he sort of lobbed it over the keeper and from a very narrow angle managed to sort of side foot it into the, into the goal. Uh, Miss hit it. Miss hit it. <laughs> he did a bit. <laughs> he did a little bit, didn't he? Uh, okay. Uh, on Wednesday, um, there was wins for uh, Spurs. They beat Burnley 1-0. Leicester beat uh, Brighton 4-2 on penalties after drawing 2-2. Uh, Neil Mopé and uh, Muepo missed the penalties. Uh, Stoke won Brentford 2. Um, Liverpool beat Preston 2-0. Goals from Minamino and oh, Divock Origi. Who saw that goal? I didn't see it. Have you not seen this? Oh, just I intentionally it. didn't look. Did you not? Well, you heard how good it was. I didn't hear how good it was. I heard how much you would enjoy it, and I thought, mm, it's not for me. <laughs> Emma, have you seen it? No, but I'll assume he did something by accident. Oh, well, I didn't do anything by accident. It's two and a half years ago. You've got to get over it. I will not. <laughs> uh, so the sort of cross comes. Well, the cross comes in from the left-hand side from Simitas, and uh, it hits the crossbar. And I think it was Nico Williams that then sort of crossed it into the area about six yards out where uh, Origi was. And um, 
uh, it was sort of behind him. So Origi sort of steals, sticks his foot uh, behind him to his right and, um, uh, and sort of loops it scorpion kick-like into the goal. It's very, very nice to see. Uh, and West Ham beat Manchester City 5-3 on penalties. Um, Phil Foden missed a penalty there. Uh, Manchester City are out. I think it's the first loss in five years, is it? Yeah, they've won four, four on the trot, haven't they? Yeah. Um, if David Boyes hadn't already been Manchester United manager, would we be talking about him being the next Manchester United manager? No. No? No, we, w- we wouldn't because the ship has sailed on that kind of appointment. You see it with Arteta and Al-Shavi and uh, Henri. It's, it's young ex-players uh, moving into those roles now, it seems like. I don't, I don't think... Um, he would be a hot, hot property, but he's done a great job everywhere since since that move. Oh, okay. It's, esen- it's essentially super coaches and trying to find the next super gambling on the next super coach. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fair enough. Um, I'm trying to find a clip of it, but oh yes, uh, did you see uh, Dyron Aspria in the MLS last night, Justin? Yes, I did. What a goal that was. You know, sadly, I can only see the the unfortunate <laughs> goalkeeping mistake that that caused it. But but uh, for anyone who didn't see it, if you remember Zlatan's goal against England, um, similar, but instead of the goalkeeper coming out to head a ball clear, it's the goalkeeper coming out and incomprehensibly just sort of dropping dropping a ball that was right in his in his chest, um, leading to then the overhead kick finish from outside the box. We've all been there, haven't we? No. <laughs> that was a long pause. Just you, this guy, and I think Rob Green. <laughs> uh, okay, right. So, uh, bits of bobs of leagues then. So, uh, in Spain, Real Sociedad have just beaten uh, Vigo 2 0 in a rather very wet Vigo. I don't like the look of that place, Sam. It looks very wet and rainy. It's bas- You should love it. It's basically like being in the UK or Ireland. Oh really? Okay. It was yeah. it was it was just constant drizzle. It looked awful. You can tell by the weather. I did feel sorry for any player that actually went there. Uh, so you know that maybe they expect to move to sort of Spain in this sort of yeah, warm Mediterranean like climate. Yeah, no, it doesn't look it there, does it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so they're on twenty five points. Uh, they are um, four points ahead of Real Madrid and Sevilla, who have both got a game in hand. However, uh, and Real Betis. Real Betis in fourth. Nabil Fakir is in fourth place. Yeah, because they uh, battered Valencia yesterday. They did 4-1, didn't they? They did. Uh, Sevilla drew 1-1 with Mallorca this week, and Real Madrid drew at home, didn't they, to Osasuna? Mm, they'll be disappointed there. Yeah. So this weekend it is uh, Atleti versus Real Betis, uh, Sevilla versus Osasuna, uh, Elche versus Real Madrid. So Real Madrid have got to cope with uh, Dario Benedetto and Javier Pastore. Uh, um, Pain Alaves. So, how do you think you're going to get on there? Well, um, terribly, probably. <laughs> Who's the new guy in charge? He's the just the interim coach, isn't he? What's his name? Yeah, Sergei Barjuan. He's the coach of Barcelona B usually, but he has been promoted for this special occasion. Hopefully, it should be the only match that he's in charge of. But he can't do any worse than Coleman, can he? So. No. What he can do, if he loses, he could have a zero win percent rate, couldn't he? <laughs> Which would be amazing. <laughs> Something to aim for, maybe. <laughs> well, not intentionally. We're <laughs> so we can't lose more games. No. Uh, and how are Alaves doing? They get relegated. 
How are Alaves doing? Uh, Alaves are... They're kind of very lower mid-table. Okay. Uh, and it's the best derby this weekend, isn't it? Sociedad versus Athletic. Yeah, that's always fun. Mm. And there'll be people there this time. Yes. Um, something to play for, I guess, more than local pride, is uh, Sociedad's league position. And Bill Babbitt doing okay, haven't they? Well, they're about Barcelona, so they're doing fine. <laughs> they're doing very well. How do you reckon that was going to go? I think Sociedad will probably win, but uh, it will be difficult. Athletic will make a game of it. Yeah. Any of you guys watching yeah. these games this weekend? I will try to get to something, I'm sure. Yeah. Anything tickle your fancy then? Not off the top of my head. I, I let my heart take me where I go, Chris, in the moment. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, okay, in Italy, uh, Milan are on 28 points, sent Napoli on 25, into 21, Roma 19. So this weekend it's going to be Salernitana versus Napoli, Inter versus Udinese, uh, Roma versus Milan. Uh, and then also is fifth place Atalanta versus sixth place Lazio is pretty good. And Juventus lost, didn't they? They lost to um, Sassuolo yesterday. Um which is terrible obviously, shame for them. Yeah, terrible shame for them. <laughs> Berardi's looking very good for Sassuolo again this year. Uh, in Germany, Bayern lost 5-0 to uh, Gladbach in the Cup. Did anybody see the highlights of this at all? Also a terrible shame for them. <laughs> Manuel Neuer getting the ball stuck between his legs, Justin. He won't look back on that one with um, much uh, happiness. Oh, with Oliver Kahn looking up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, that looked to be more as much um, defensive errors as anything else, because uh, I think it was uh, Upamenko let the ball bounce, didn't he, rather than sort of head it clear. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, there was plenty of blame to go around there. Yeah, uh, so yeah, Bayern top on 22 points, then Dortmund 21, Freiburg 19, and Bayer Leverkusen 17, so it's Union Berlin versus Bayern, uh, Dortmund versus Kong, uh, Freiburg versus Gruyter Fifth, uh, and Bayer Leverkusen versus... Wolfsburg, who have sacked Mark Van Bommel this week, have lost their last four and they're in ninth place. Um, uh, Mark Van Bommel as a manager, anybody? Would you fancy him at Barcelona, Emma? Nope, I've had <laughs> enough of Dutch people. Okay, fair enough. Uh, okay, France, uh, PSG are top on 28 points, Lons 21, Nice 20, so it's PSG versus Lille, uh, the reigning champions, uh, Angers versus Nice, and Lyon versus Lons. Uh, bits of bobs around the world. Uh, in South Africa, it's the Cape Town Derby as Cape Town Spurs take on Cape Town All-Stars. And it's the Rotterdam Derby in the Netherlands as um, Sparta face Feyenoord. Now, Feyenoord general manager Mark Kuvermans has resigned this week uh, due to uh, threats against his family. He's had his window smashed at his home and his door covered in paint. He's the third general manager in five years to resign uh, from Feyenoord. Anyone fancy being the general manager at Feyenoord? Did he need his door painted? I don't think he did. I don't think it was, yeah, I don't think it was sort of we'll go around there and show him and paint his door a nice colour. It'd be nice if it was. Um, other bits and bobs of news. Walter Smith has passed away this week at the age of 73. He's the second most successful manager uh, in Rangers history. Won 21 trophies in two spells. Uh, of the nine in a row that... Uh, Rangers won of league titles. He won seven of them. Uh, Ali McCoy said he was my boss, my father, uh, friend, everything you wanted from a man. He was very well thought of. He, um, uh, I don't know if you sort of, think, I guess only myself and you just then older sort of remember his tenure, but he seems one of those 
Scottish managers that rather than sort of being born they're chiselled out of granite a bit like sort of Ferguson or Jockstein or someone like that what do you reckon do you mean he was older and looked older <laughs> yeah bit old, that's, old, that's, old. That's, that's accurate then alright I was trying to pay him a very much sort of compliment of being sort of old school but he put paid to that one <laughs> <laughs> What a loving tribute. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he'd love that. Uh, Jay Barton has apologised for comparing Bristol Rose's defeat versus Newport County last week to the Holocaust. Um, he said after the game, uh, someone gets in, does well for a game, then has a Holocaust, a nightmare. Uh, in his statement, he said, I'm sorry if I offended anyone, uh, which is one of those apologies that aren't really apologies. Yeah, that's it's such a tired... Uh, thing to say it, it's 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 obvious that you know he's apologizing because he's told to apologize it's a, a silly thing to say we should have been done you know referencing that a long time ago and it also as adam pointed out earlier when we were chatting it doesn't make any sense no it doesn't uh, no, not at all. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Josh Cavallo of Adelaide United has this week come out as uh, gay. He said, quote, quote, it's been a journey to get to this point in life, but I couldn't be happier uh, with this season to come out. Um, Justin, is anything similar? Is that a player, obviously you can't give confidences or anything like this away, but has a player ever come to you uh, and said that? Or do, back in your playing days, do you remember players that were gay that because it was the 80s they really didn't want to? come out and say something yes um I, i'm sure i've told this story but it may have been a long time but i did play with a player who was open to us um to the team uh he, he wasn't open we weren't we didn't get much media coverage but it, it didn't get discussed you know outside outside the group but we knew um and it was a it was i i, I i've always been interested to catch up with him again to ask what it was like then it seemed to me from my perspective that everyone was just fine with it um i don't know if that's you know the reality for him but but it was uh, open to the degree that he would bring his partner sometimes to our you know little little social events after training and that kind of thing um and i remember thinking at the time that it was a pretty good group that we had it's a little different because the game in the united states back then in the 80s and 90s wasn't really mainstream and and players weren't really mainstream we were you know if you were sort of a mainstream all-american athlete then you played the american sports mm. we were all you know for, for not all of us but most of us were attracted to football um because it was an outsider sport and we we were sort of outsiders and maybe just sort of not the mindset i think it would have been much much difficult much more difficult to be out at that time in an American sport in the U.S. than, than it was in, in football. Okay, um, <clears throat> a strange sort of left-field uh, uh, twist to this was uh, Newcastle United's tweet, um, quote tweeting uh, Josh's original tweet saying how brave he was and Newcastle stand with him and all that sort of thing, leading to two sets of replies. Uh, one from Newcastle United fans with Saudi Arabian flags in their bios saying this is disgusting. Um, through to other fans quote tweeting saying what about person X I can't remember his name who's been in prison uh, in Saudi Arabia for uh, being gay and sentenced to 800 lashes so 
that didn't quite go as expected for uh, Newcastle. Um, and seeing as we're talking about totalitarian regimes in the Middle East, anyone seeing David Beckham taking 150 million from the Qataris? Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. Um, you wouldn't have thought he needed the money, but then nice bug you, if you can get it. Yeah, yeah. You never know what people will do for money and or a free product or gadget. Yeah, so he's basically been given 150 million pounds to uh, talk about how nice the World Cup is going to be next year, isn't he? Straight over really his head, nice. Justin. Straight over his head. It did. It did. Yeah, yeah it did. Sorry, what if, what if the World Cup is really nice? Sorry, have I said something wrong here? No, no. What? No, you just it... missed a joke, Chris. Did I? Okay. We, we've been there before. You'll get it tomorrow. <laughs> I'll wake up about three o'clock in the morning, killing myself laughing. Sorry, Justin. <laughs> no, I think it's going to wait. If, you would have to hear it again. I think the, the World Cup may, in fact, be really nice. I don't think that reanimates all the the workers who died, uh, and the you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, think it, I don't think it helps, but since it's going to happen anyway, I suppose let's do hope it is nice. Well, yeah, I suppose so. But even worse, if they if they died and it was World Cup was terrible, wouldn't it? Yeah. Imagine dying for a rubbish World Cup. I don't want to make light of this, Chris. Don't don't drag me down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of world building World Cups and viral videos this week, uh, Adam, have you seen Mike Graham? Uh, he's not, this isn't a football tweet uh, related matter at all, but it's just very strange and funny. Have you seen Mike Graham trending on Twitter this week? No. So Mike Graham, I guess what you'd say, just that he's like a sort of conservative uh, radio host, shock jock kind of thing. Um, we've had a thing over here for a few weeks called Insulate Britain, who are a group of people who uh, they sort of blockade roads and glue themselves to roads and things like that with the aim of trying to highlight the government's energy policy and trying to make houses more sustainable and environmentally friendly. Um, so... A member of Insulate Britain was on this person's radio show, this Mike Graham's radio show this week. Uh, and Mike Graham tried to catch him out by saying, what do you do for a living? And the man said, I'm a carpenter. Um, and Mike Graham said, well, that's a bit hypocritical. You're talking about saving the world, but yet your job comes from chopping down trees. And the man said... I yeah. saw the clip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so hard oh, to say it for Adam. So the man says that uh, his is sustainable because you can always regrow uh, trees. And Mike Graham said, we can always regrow concrete. And that's, that's where the, did say that. yeah, and that's where the interview ended. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Was, yeah. Adam, you're on mute. Why is that? Why? Because you're laughing so much. He's so impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you here for a Lucas Hernandez update? Always. Okay. So. The only reason I'm here. <laughs> well, obviously, it wasn't that last. I'm going out. I'm it, going out. Yes. it wasn't that last story, obviously. Um, so, Lucas Hernandez, uh, as we know... Uh, Adam, do you want to give us a Lucas Hernandez update? No, no, no. I want you to tell me all the details, Chris. <laughs> do you? Okay. I want this to be like uh, last week on... <laughs> Previously on... Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought <laughs> I thought it was a comma. I thought he was going to say <laughs> what happened last week. Um, okay, so yeah, Lucas Hernandez, the last couple of weeks, he's been... Uh, told to return to uh, Madrid uh, to uh, go to prison for breaking a restraining order against his uh, wife. Uh, when the original restraining order was taken out, she was his uh, fiance or girlfriend. Uh, since then, they've gotten married uh, and had a child. So presumably someone's been breaking um, uh, uh, restraining orders somewhere. Uh, Lucas Standards has appealed, and you will all be pleased to know his appeal has been accepted by a court in Madrid, and he won't go to prison. 
Boo. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but he will if he commits another crime in the next four years. It was only suspended. Oh, he was, wasn't it? So if he goes and it murders was... someone, he'll be going to prison. See, I'm a... always looking on the bright side. <laughs> <laughs> and they find him 96,000 euros, which Chris, I think I... he could afford. I think that he probably would go to prison without the suspended sentence if he went and murdered someone. <laughs> Chances are that that is still a crime here in, in <laughs> Europe. Well, not if you're Marcus Alonso, as you said the other week. Uh, well, you know, he knows people. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, an offering. <laughs> I think for Ross's sake, I'm going to point out that, that allegedly, allegedly. That, that, no, there's nothing allegedly about it, was it? But it's not allegedly mur murder. It, no, it wasn't murder, was it? No. Uh, okay, an Altrincham fan has been banned for life after he entered the field of play and did a slide tackle on a player and then ran around the middle of the pitch with his arms out wide, running around uh, <laughs> and cheering to himself. Uh, most Salah studies will be taught on the Egyptian school curriculum from now onwards, uh, which is nice, isn't it? Um, that is nice. That yeah. is nice. Uh, Kilmarnock so got... much amazing history and they're teaching that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kilmarnock... Oh, yes, they've got so much history that I learned about it in my school. <laughs> well, if you went to school now, you'd be learning about Mo Salah. Wouldn't that be nice of you? Think of all those Everton fans in Egypt. They'll be spitting, won't they? Um, in Kilmarnock goalkeeper, uh, whose name I didn't write down, uh, is called Air United. It's called uh, the Air United Stadium, uh, Somerset Park, quote unquote, a shithole on social media following the Kilmarnock win over them. Justin, did you ever do anything like that as a goalkeeper? Or were you nice and polite? I was absolutely not paying attention to what you said. <laughs> no one ever is. So right. it was so such please. an important Justin, it was such an important story that Chris didn't think it necessary to write down the name of the protagonist. <laughs> yeah, just just one more time, Chris, because I'd love to answer it. Uh Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElney uh have been spotted <laughs> at um Maidenhead United as they took on their very own Wrexham. Which is nice, isn't it? I knew their names. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what they've been in there. Um Right, and that is news done up. Has anyone got any oh. news they want to share? Uh, River are going to win the league under Gyoto for the first time. Oh, what, this weekend? Uh, no, no. There's still five or six games to go, but they've got a nine-point lead. And, okay. Uh, I've won like 11 in a row, so it's a done deal. You must be relieved that uh, Barcelona appointed Javi then. I didn't think that he would go to a club of that size when he goes to Europe. I do think he will go to Europe, uh, but I don't think it will be one of the traditional Champions League clubs, not first. He doesn't want to manage a team that's ninth. He needs better. <laughs> he doesn't tend to get linked very much, does he? I don't see his name linked to big teams very often. It happened it a couple of years ago. Yeah, it, it, a, a couple of years ago when they beat Boca in the in the big Libertadores final, there was a lot of speculation then, and I think he made it pretty clear that he he had work to do still at River, and I, I think by that he meant win a league. Um, so it seems to be accepted among all the Galinas that, that he's on his way to Europe after this season. Okay. Aren't they like every six months? Why does it take them this long? Uh, uh, no, they've gone to a, a more traditional thing now. They don't do the... Um, gosh, I can't remember what it's called anymore. Uh, there were 30 teams in the league at one point, weren't they, in, the, in Argentina? Yeah, there's, there's still 26, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Do they still do the mental thing where you don't play every team twice, but you play some teams twice? I can't keep track. They've, they've changed it so much. They, they, they changed it so much in the last few years because the, the promotion and relegation system was so Byzantine. No one could understand it. There were teams finishing fourth and getting relegated. 
because it used this rolling average. Of it was like a two-year or three-year yeah. thing, wasn't it? Or three seasons, and that was when they did the double seasons per calendar year. Um, so it, it all got too complicated to, to follow. Didn't they bring that, that in just Justin, to stop... Well, Justin's not telling you that is that River won and the teams that got relegated. Yeah, they, 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 didn't they bring this in to stop River Plate and Boca Juniors getting relegated? That was the original reason. That was the original reason, thinking that if they got their top players poached by a big European club and had one down year, they, you know, that would protect them from relegation. But River bravely managed it anyway. <laughs> uh, okay, right into the Premier League then. So uh, Saturday, twelve thirty on BT Sport is Leicester versus Arsenal, the Paul Dickoff derby. Um, Jamie Vardy's got 11 goals against Arsenal. Uh, he's second only to Wayne Rooney, who's got 12 goals against Arsenal. Leicester's last seven against Arsenal. Uh, they won four, drawn one, lost two. Um, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has got four goals and one assist in, in his last Premier League experiences, uh, appearances, but they're all at home. He's not actually scored away from the Emirates since May. Uh, Leicester won their last two. Arsenal have won uh, three of their last five. Um, Justin, how do you think they're going to get on this weekend? I, I actually... I, I fancy Arsenal in this one. I think it suits them to play at Leicester. Okay. Uh, they've they've improved, you know, this season noticeably. Uh, but I also think that they're such suckers at home to counterattack sides. They they fall for it every time. They 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 feel they have to attack or have to get numbers forward. They don't play shape that's in any way resistant to being counterattacked. And I think that, that it suits them to go to the King Power and, and maybe sit just a little bit deeper and be just a little bit more conservative in their approach and take away the space behind them, which is obviously Leicester's main threat still with, with Jamie Vardy. So I, I can see them. And um, Emma, uh, Arsenal the underdogs in this. Oh, speaking of dogs. There they go. Uh, unless the favourites for this, whatever, unusually. Uh, yeah, they are because Arsenal. Are, well, they're Arsenal, aren't they? So <laughs> they could Arsenal it all. Although they have like identical records this year, I think. Yeah, uh, they were starting poorly, didn't they, Arsenal? And they are sort of getting better. Very bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I say, Leicester have won their last two, so it looks like they're sort of picking up a little bit of form. Uh. But who do you fancy? Yeah, my friends who support Arsenal have a lot of misplaced self-confidence in their team right now. Yeah. Um, it's worrying for them. They're they're going to crash, and it's going to be funny. But they're both on 14 points. Yeah, let's throw that one. That confidence comes as quickly as it goes, though. Yeah. Adam, what do you reckon? Um... um I think that... Arsenal probably on a bit of a the crest of a wave and as bad as Aston Villa were Arsenal were quite good against them um mm. <laughs> <laughs> you go for Arsenal you so I'm going to go for Arsenal yeah okay and um, three o'clock kickoffs Burnley versus Brentford in the James Tarkovsky derby uh, Brentford are unbeaten uh, away in five at Burnley, um, and Burnley. Oh, sorry, Brentford are unbeaten in their last five away, uh, and Burnley have got zero wins in five versus promoted teams. Burnley have also dropped twelve points from winning position so far. That's the most. Um, Zanka, who plays at Brentford, has scored four Premier League goals, three for Huddersfield and one for Burnley, and have finished on the losing side on all occasions. So the last thing they want is for him to score, isn't it, Emma? Brentford train. 
Bro- <laughs> <laughs> I'm still I on this train. This is two trains that they're not colliding. They're 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 moving in opposite directions. It's the Brentford train and the anti Burnley train. <laughs> What's what happens when a Brentford train and an anti Burnley train meet then? Well, they don't. They go, in this game, they're very much going in in the same direction. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. What would Francis Bourgeois make of uh, Burnley trains and Brentford trains? Any of you aware of him? Adam, you must be. He's been all over bloody Instagram and Twitter for months. What does that make? What? Sorry, what do you think I am? <laughs> he's the guy that... He's been all over TV and everything. He's the guy that... Um, he's no, the, not the TV with the 200 different channels. <laughs> he's the... <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, someone's just got free view, okay? Um, he's the young posh lad that likes sort of filming himself on Instagram looking at trains. That could literally be hundreds of people on Instagram. It's just... is, it, is it... Is this the guy who seemed unaware that the name of the train was amusing yes okay yes. I saw it you saw it yes don't pretend you understand and patronise him Justin right? <laughs> <laughs> I did just happen to see this one uh, okay so how do we think this uh, this game's going to go then Emma Brentford train Brentford Brentford Justin yeah I would I would go with Brentford too is this the year that Burnley go down yes. do you think no some of us have got hope. <laughs> yeah, well, Burnley have managed to crush that hope out of me. Yeah. <laughs> I refuse to let them this time. <laughs> it's what they do. It's their thing. Uh, oh. Sorry, Emma, you were saying something. Oh, I wasn't. You weren't? Okay. Uh, three o'clock then. Is it Liverpool versus Brighton in the Michael Robinson Dami? He's a famous commentator in Spain, isn't he? He used to be. He died. Oh, did he? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Apologies for that, Michael. Um, <laughs> he can't hear me. <laughs> Not that he was here. Uh, okay. Only two teams have won three straight probably uh, games by five goals or more. Chelsea in 2011, Manchester United, uh, City in 2017. Um, Mo Salah has got 10 Premier League goals from nine games. Only he will only be He's only the third Premier League player to reach double figures so soon. Anyone want to guess who the other two players are? Sure. Okay, one was last season. Okay. That was a long time ago. I can't remember that. All right. <laughs> Close to your heart, Adam. Is it Dominic Calvert-Lewin? It is Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And the other one is 95-96 season. The 95-96 season. Yes. That was genuinely before I remember football. Okay. Very much before my time. <laughs> Justin, this is all down to you. Yeah, I'm not going to get it. Played in the northeast. Uh, I was going to ask for a hint. Les Ferdinand. Les Ferdinand. Oh, good one. Sir Les. Oh, wow. uh, Brighton won Anfield in February, uh, but I've got zero wins uh, in the Premier League since September when they beat Leicester. So Brighton on a bit of a dearth. Obviously, Liverpool playing incredibly well at the moment, doing uh, boosting their goal difference. Um, I want to point out that zero not winning since September isn't that unimpressive considering. There's only the four weeks of October break, yeah. and there's been an and international two break. Two-week international break, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's November next week. Yeah, but at best, I reckon that means they've lost two games. He's 29 till he's 30. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so are Liverpool going to uh, trouble the uh, record makers then with three straight Premier League wins by five goals or more? Yeah, they're going to completely ruin Brighton's October, sure. <laughs> 
I don't think they'll. No, I don't think Brighton will will let that happen. I think Liverpool get all three points, but there won't be a five 0 Oh, either. hold on. What did I just agree to? No, they're not going to be. Yeah, you said five. Yeah. yeah. God, I've told you, read the small print. <laughs> I was not listening. I'm supposed to be the only one who doesn't listen, Adam. <laughs> Yeah. To be fair, Emma. Sorry, I'm, encro- I'm encroaching on Justin's territory. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, Emma couldn't read my notes earlier on, so. But you, I, it, it felt like you wrote those like mit- while you were having a stroke. Okay, that was me trying my really neatest handwriting. I've got to be honest. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> uh, I must improve on that then. Uh, don't need, nobody needs handwriting anymore. Everyone types things out, don't they? Yeah, I don't even know how to use a pen anymore. Exactly. Um, okay, so uh, we all go for my iPad. You got a pen exactly. for your iPad, have you? Uh, are we all going? For, are we all going for a Liverpool win, are we? Yes. What are Liverpool going to do when Salah goes to the African Nations Cup? What with Sadio Mane mm. <laughs> and Naby Keita? <laughs> what a terrible time that's going to be. Yeah, uh, I, I. Let's say Naby Keita. Why <laughs> play Divock Origi? Yes, because he's the same. <laughs> oh, no idea. It's not going to be fun, is it? I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Should we just give him that contract? I mean, I, I follow... Does anyone follow Grace Robertson on Twitter? She's a Liverpool fan and football writer oh, with, with quite a lot of followers. Um, she... Are you that close that you won't even follow fans of different clubs? Yeah, I will do. I just don't want some things I don't want to hear about. Uh, she was suggesting that Liverpool, at this point in time, should be cashing in on Mo Salah because if they give him a new contract, well, they should have done that last year. It, they couldn't because it, of COVID. If they give him a brand new contract now, uh, he's going to be on four hundred thousand pounds a week till he's in his mid thirties. Got no resale value. Plus, then they broke their wage structure, and various other players in their late twenties and early thirties are banging on their door like. Uh, Virgil van Dijk uh, and Sadio Mane asking for the same amount. So should Liverpool sell Mo Salah despite his form? I can speak from experience that tying your best play to a contract which breaks <laughs> your club is not a great idea. <laughs> Fair enough. Justin. Shh, let them do it. <laughs> Justin, were you ever that player that was tied to a club because of a, a lucrative long-term contract? Oh, of course. That's why you're, I'm speaking to you from my island <laughs> retreat. Um, that's a tough one because logically they really should um you know it makes financial sense and he's not going to keep playing like this forever someone else one of the bloated mega rich clubs that can't help themselves would end up paying him an an unbelievable amount of money for several years to not be this good but you kind of can't do that if you're liverpool first of all you do get a return financially on his performance via the champions league um, which Liverpool are sort of not even. I mean, it's not not hard to forget that. Sorry, it's easy to forget that prior to Klopp, it wasn't a guarantee that you were in the Champions League places every year. Um, I think. I think also just for the stature and the status of the club, um, to continue to be seen as as one of the handful of of true elites, not just on the on the you know the ledger sheet, but but in terms of what you're actually producing on the pitch. You can't let your best player go when he's still in this stage of his career. So it's a tricky one. It's pro- it was probably the right thing to do. It'd probably be the right thing to do. Probably was the right thing to do two seasons ago. But but um, 
I think you just you take the goals and and accept that there isn't going to be huge resale value. Okay, uh, Manchester City versus Crystal Palace, three o'clock. The Andy Morrison derby. This is Pep's two hundredth Premier League game in charge, um, and he's won. Got it closest to the bull. Who, go on, Adam. How many has he won? Um, some periods where they were actually quite bad. Especially a bit of fun, not a dissertation. Uh, well, if you're going to do something, try and do it right. Uh, 162. Okay, Emma. 174. Justin. Uh, 172. Uh, yeah, you have 146. I thought Justin was going to say 161. Then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's 146. That's more than um, any other manager to got to 200 Premier League or to got to their 200th Premier League game. Um, City have won. Oh, City's last 50 games, kicking off at three o'clock on a Saturday. Uh, they won 43, drawn six, lost one. That one was Crystal Palace in 2018, which I think was the Troy, not Troy, Andros Townsend Super Volley goal, wasn't it? I think. Um, City won three out of their last four. Uh, Palace have drawn their last four. How do you think they're getting on under um, Patrick Vieira, Adam? It's certainly a, a thing that's happening, isn't it? I mean, they their squad was completely decimated, wasn't it? Like, the turnover of players they've had yeah. has been huge. So even sort of judging him after sort of nine games is, is probably a little bit harsh. Um I have seen some some mixed messaging regarding that though from sort of media outlets linked to the club. I think at one point he was after sort of only five games there was talk of someone being lined up as I can't remember who it was now, lined up as a replacement for him mm. uh, if he lost. And you're like he at that point I think he what, did they draw against Chelsea? And I can't remember his list of results that like Maybe it was before that. It was definitely before they beat Spurs, but that was just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I seem to remember that same thing as well. Yeah, I think um, I think you're right. I remember that sort of pressure being put on him. Uh, so how do you reckon? It's, this Crystal, is it's Crystal Palace, though, right? Isn't it? What's the expectation? Well, yeah, finish Not getting relegated. Finish fourteenth or something, I suppose, is the the thing, isn't it? Yeah, I've uh, been there when they brought out their their award winning their record-breaking team who didn't who won promotion from League Two or something once, like, and they cheered that, like. <laughs> they cheer anything. Yeah, anything, anything will keep them happy. Okay, any of you three making a case for Crystal Palace or a draw this weekend? Could happen. Yeah, you're not sounding very convinced. Though. Not. It could happen. I mean, it could happen. Yeah, like like nights on those days, it could happen. Yeah. Okay, I'm at Newcastle versus Chelsea, three o'clock in the Celestine Babiara derby. Uh, Chelsea looking for their fourth consecutive Premier League win. Callum Wilson's got six and six. If you're looking to add to your fantasy Premier League team, Uh, Chelsea have got 14 different scorers so far in the Premier League. Uh, I think Lukaku's injured at the moment, isn't he? Um, and Newcastle drew at Palace last weekend. That stopped a run of two successive losses. So Graham Jones uh, is in charge again, isn't he? So uh, is this a Chelsea win? Chelsea seem unstoppable with uh, three consecutive wins. Well, Lukaku's injured, but isn't 
Isn't Timo Werner injured as well? Yes, he is. So do you sort of false nine it with uh, Kai Havertz? Just checking on the injury status. I bet they wish they it's... hadn't sent Michi Batshuayi out on loan, don't they? Christian, Pul- Christian Pulisic injured as well. Well, I mean, Mason Mount scored a hat-trick last weekend, so they um, they did okay there, didn't they? they they're certainly not... not uh... Not a team short of attacking talent, are they? No. Uh, can anyone see Newcastle at home without Steve? The first game at home without Steve Bruce, you know, is that going to be sort of, are the fans going to be G'd up for that one? Yes, they will. Yeah? yeah. And you think Won't that matter. Could... Won't matter. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Ever can you see Newcastle getting anything from this? No, they're still the same team. Okay, uh, Wolford versus Southampton, three o'clock in the key, uh, Kevin Phillips derby. Uh, Amando Borja has scored uh, in both of his Premier League starts uh, so far. Uh, no player under the age of twenty-one has uh, managed three goals in a row um, in their first three starts. Watford won five-two last week, of course, at Everton, didn't they, Adam? Yeah, I told you. You told me it was going to be five-two. No, I just told you we were rubbish. Yeah, uh, Watford are also rubbish. <laughs> so that was two, aren't mutually exclusive. That was two one to Everton for about seventy eight minutes, wasn't it? I mean, we will find new and exciting ways to be rubbish, Chris. What's your point? Uh, you don't normally associate Rafa teams with capitulations like that. What can I tell you? I don't know. Something. You're on a podcast. Come on, make it insightful. Well. That's great. <laughs> Justin, brilliant. Right. Justin, what do you think is going to happen this weekend? Can't say. Can't Excellent. Say. Yeah. Emma, what do you think is going to happen in this game this weekend? What game? <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> okay. Watford someone. Let's move on. <sighs> <laughs> Watford someone? Dude, who cares? Spurs versus Manchester United, uh, half past five on uh, Sky Sports. This is the 3 0 half time derby. Um, Paul Ince this week, has anyone heard Paul Ince this week talk about the Manchester United coaching methods? Are there any? Uh, well, yeah, I don't want to hear about them from Paul Ince. He described them as quote unquote bollocks. Um, is, you, I've made my opinions on Paul Ince well known. Not that well known. I don't remember well, them. Well, he. He's he's a, a man who self-confessed gave himself the nickname the Governor. That's but true. And also re, also refused to take a penalty in Euro '96. That's true. Um, I'm going to There's been uh, leaks coming out of the dressing room this week that the players all think that he's very nice, but <laughs> he hasn't got the tactical acumen that they're looking for in a manager. Um, he's in charge at the moment. He I, he looks like he's not going anywhere at the moment. Um, how is he still there? Incompetence. Of what those above him to get rid of him. Correct. <laughs> uh, Justin, how is it he? Is, come. It's it's pretty astounding. Uh, he's still there, I think, because right now they don't want to take the PR hit of, of making the change. Um, it'll it'll be done at some point. But what what the players say makes a lot of sense. It, there's. You know the performance against people have to remember they play City soon. So if they think Liverpool was bad, it's it's a uh, it's an utter mess tactically. There've been some the Tifo people did a good video on it, but it, it's it's easy for anybody to see that they're not a pressing side 
being asked to go into a pressing shape for the life of me. I don't know why when you've got fast attacking players and then also a, a, a poacher like Ronaldo, you wouldn't sit deep, invite people to attack you, and then hit them on the counter. Meanwhile, the sitting deep, just by virtue of numbers in that part of the pitch, would help with your pretty obvious defensive shortcomings. That's just me. He's not um, scored in four games in the league, Ronaldo. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I mean, they haven't played well in the league. Um, so he's had a few miracle goals in, in, in Europe and, and in cup competitions, but um, they're generally not, not playing well and they're being pulled apart all over the pitch because they stay high. They have attacking players who stay high, who don't press, who don't track back, which would be okay if there weren't four or five of them. And, and then if the... Um, you know, players you entrusted to protect the center of the pitch, your two center backs, and you actually had a holding midfielder, which they don't. So just problem after problem. And what about Nuno? Is Nuno under a bit of pressure at the moment? Spurs have lost three out of their last five. I mean, yeah, probably, but what are, what are Spurs going to do about that? Uh... Is it, like... I mean, from the point of view of, like, we we all sort of remember the fiasco of uh, the appointment in uh, in um, in the summer anyway. Mm. They ended up with Nuno, who was probably what their like f- fourth, fifth choice. Yeah, and I guess I suppose any manager at the mo- or if they're trying to attract a manager at the moment, they're, I guess they're also competing with Newcastle a little bit, aren't they? Yeah, probably. And who's going to offer you the biggest salary, Daniel Levy or um, the endless pit of money that Newcastle have got? Um, I did discover the origin of Spursiness this week from listening to a podcast. Has anyone heard of O England Doer? No. He was a uh, a Welsh uh, rebel in the 1400s, uh, sort of fighting for Welsh independence against Edward IV. And um, as part of his rebellion, he captured one of Edward IV's men, who was called Harry Hotspur, uh, who uh, is where Spurs get their nickname from. So he captured Harry Hotspur. Harry Hotspur was expecting a ransom to be paid for him, and Edward IV didn't pay a ransom for him. Um, sorry, Henry the Fourth. Henry the Fourth didn't Love pay a ransom for him, so Harry Hotspur decided to uh, join Englandower. Um, stuff you, Mister King. I'm going to join this other guy over here if you're not going to release me. So uh, Harry Hotspur uh, turned coats and joined with Englandower. Uh, fought at the Battle of Shrewsbury for Englandower against his old king and um, was killed. Was de- that was it. it was deaded. Yeah, it was deaded. That sounds very Spursy. It does. So yeah, that might be where the origin of it comes from. Um, so who are we going for in this game? Ugh, that's a tough one, isn't it? Don't make yeah. me choose. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I mean, it's funny because both, both of these sides that we see is pretty dysfunctional right now, but they've both got match winners in it in them. So you could see either one of them popping up with a with a late goal to win it if it's you know unless there's a capitulation right from right from the off, which is also possible from either of them. 
Yeah, and yeah, there are t- tiny little success stories in amongst all this. Mason Green was doing okay this season, isn't he? Son's playing pretty well for Spurs as well. Um, you know, there could be a sort of left field uh, way this game could go, couldn't there? Yeah, I think I think that's probably one of the frustrating things for the fan bases of these clubs is is, is they see talent mm. and not see it really applied consistently in a in a and Spurs still have a chance for that to happen. Um, you know, Nuno's still new there and, and it's still going to be a work in progress, but I don't see that it's coming from Ole. So I never really rated Nuno at Wolves though, so no? that's, yeah, that, that's fair. Uh, so last weekend, when uh, I think it was for the second goal, I think uh, when Harry Maguire ran into Luke Shaw, not for the first time uh, this year. Um, who is that a fault of? Is that a fault of the two players for running into each other? Is that a fault of the coaches for lack of positioning? Um, where's the blame lie for something like that? Justin, you're a coach. What do you think? <laughs> A goalkeeping coach. Then, if if the goalkeepers run into each other, Justin's got real problems. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that really shouldn't be happening. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't. I don't think you can put a blanket fault. Uh, those those situations are always individual. They're always different. Um, so I don't know. I don't know who you'd say is at fault there. To be honest. Okay, uh, Emma, how do you reckon this is going to go this weekend? Uh I don't think football will be the winner. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> That's the answer. Fair enough. Right. Okay, Sunday, 2 o'clock on Sky is Norwich versus Leeds in the John Newsom derby. Uh, Norwich, is, I mean, these are two teams particularly out of four. Norwich averaged 0.2, uh, 0.22 goals per game uh, so far this season. They con- conceded 2.56 goals per game. Um, their goal difference is minus 21. It's the worst... Uh, of any team at this stage of the season since Sheffield Wednesday 99-2000 season so that's one for the set piece menu Adam if you want to send them a message um, Leeds have won one game so far all season can we see Norwich getting a point from this game anybody no no you think this is this is a Leeds win despite Leeds' poor form oh yeah my the Leeds trade I'm on is falling apart but I'm, I stay on it regardless yeah so the moment train. is the Leeds train at the moment you two sort of stood on one of those little things sort of pumping up and down uh, as you yeah. go along the railway tracks <laughs> except we're both trying to go in the same direction at the same time <laughs> uh, okay so you both think it's going to be a Leeds windy of course alright Justin I think just a little bit more quality yeah for all Leeds problems this season it's it's that they've still got a more quality on the pitch than Norwich, so I would, I would expect them to get it done. Okay, uh, Aston Villa versus West Ham in the almost David Unsworth derby. Um, half past four on Sky. It's a David Cameron derby as well, isn't it? He claims to support both these teams. Uh, West Ham are unbeaten in seven away in the Premier League. Uh, Villa have lost their last three in the league. I've seen some rumblings of uh, Dean Smith out. Um, is he taking this club as far as he can, do you guys think? No, you think that's a bit premature at this stage, do you? Oh, right. But no, this is as far as, yeah, but like I don't want good things for Villa, so. <laughs> what have Villa done to you? Just existed. Is it the fact they beat you 6 2 back in like 1989 or something? You've not got over that. Well, why are you still holding on to that? I don't know. It just came into my head. Probably, 
Probably the first game you ever saw, right? No, I think I remember that game because that was the game uh, that Paul McGrath played in. And he actually alive in 1969. Jesus Christ. Eight, 89. Oh, 89. Sorry, I had 69. I was trying to make an old joke. No, sorry. I think I think it was the game Paul McGrath played in, and he was either drunk or he was playing with wristbands on because he tried cutting his wrist the night before. Um, Chris, you, you asked the question, has he taken Villa as far as they can go? Hmm. I would say two things to that. Yes, and what's wrong with that? If they were to let him go and bring somebody else in, how much further would someone else take them? They sold their best player last season. They're, they're, they're not going to be relegated. You know, how good so are we expecting just, yeah, he's to be? Much, he's spending too much time in America around maybe it might be like rational football fans. <laughs> no, they're not that here, believe me. But I know, but that's the thing about the expectations sometimes of a fan base. They They... They overachieved maybe last season, and they they did it with Jack Grealish playing his way out of the club. Well, he's gone now. Um, has he has has the manager taken them as far as they're likely to go? Probably within a place or two. Um, I, I can understand wanting somewhat better results, but that isn't going to be a whole lot better. And I certainly wouldn't want a manager sacked for the sake of potentially being a single or maybe two places higher than the league um, is it not a case of getting rid before everything starts to go a little bit stale and backwards even so how far would that be um, I, I think that they're come on relegation their clubs at the bottom are, are too too deficient I, I think for that to ever be a, a serious threat at least at least this season yeah there's there's something to be said for um, cycling and 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 making sure that a squad doesn't get stale, but I don't think Villa are at that point. Okay. Uh, finally then, uh, Monday night, it's so Wolves versus Everton, um, 8 o'clock on Sky, the Andy Gray derby. Everton did the double over Wolves last season, um, although they've lost their last two, and Wolves have won three at their last four. And he Chan uh, has scored four, in, in four, scored four in six so far this season. So he's... Um, He's done pretty well. He's looking pretty good, isn't he? And he's forming a bit of a relationship there with uh, Jimenez. Adam, are you feeling confident? No, we're really bad, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> What's the score going to be then? What are you, what are you predicting? A, a defeat. By what margin? It doesn't matter, does it? It does. Crushing. <laughs> Ideally crushing, yeah. Ide- Ideally? Are you sort of wanting Rafa out at this point, are you? No, well, yeah, but what, again, what would we replace him with? Can I interest you in Ronald Coleman? <laughs> no, I've had him. <laughs> this, this relationship goes the other way around. <laughs> we don't want your rubbish anymore. Okay. Don't pretend you're too good enough, too good for it. You can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> He's got me there. Um. Okay. So, uh, you two, try and cheer him up if you can or want to. Oh, I, I already said crushing. It's, uh... it's been decided. <laughs> what do you reckon, Justin? I, I mean, I, I would not want to give false hope to Adam. That's all I'll say. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, okay, well, that brings us to the end of our Premier League roundup and the end of our Premier League predictions. Has anybody got any other business at all? No. no. Okay, right. So. Uh, we are Man of the Post. We're part of the uh, Man of the Post network. So uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Man of the Post. And you can give us a like on Facebook too. Uh, don't forget to uh, listen to 
uh, Ali and Dave and Simon on uh, next weekend as they review the games that we've been previewing. Uh, if you like what you hear, you can give us a five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can download us from Spotify, Stitcher, Acast, uh, or iTunes. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe or follow, and all your uh, future episodes will fall automatically into your inbox. Don't forget your uh, Manscaped as well to um, get 20% off Manscaped when you quote MOTP. Uh, Adam, thank you ever so much. You're welcome. Justin, thank you ever so much. Thank you. And Emma, thank you ever so much. You're welcome. And always remember to keep your man on the post.